This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 64 of the APAC EO business podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Dr. Cheng from EO Singapore. Hi, Dr. Cheng, how are you? Thank you, Brendan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, one of the great things about this podcast is I'm getting to meet uh, different EO members from all around um, APAC. And so um, it's nice actually to be able to see you on video as well, because it's, it's almost like a virtual, well, it is a virtual meeting, I guess. So Same here, because for the first time I see you, even though I've been corresponding for a little while already, have, nice to have a face, you know, with the name. Yeah, printed. 100%. So tell us about um, how long have you been involved with EO for? Oh, let me think. Okay, when I joined my girl, my, my daughter was about seven years old and now she's 17. So oh, I think wow. this is the 11th year. Yeah, okay. back, the, back then I was a little boy as well. <laughs> Fair enough. And what does, uh, tell us about Specialist Dental Group. Is that your main uh, business? Yeah, I'm a dentist by training. Um, early in life, you know, uh, me and my wife and my daughter spent quite a lot of time in uh, Canada and US. So we lived there for about 15 years and then we moved to Singapore in 2004. Um, now, surprise, surprise, we arrived in Singapore just shortly after, you know what, SARS. Right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've been here since 2004 until now. Uh, we have no plan to move anywhere for the time being at least. And, and a specialist dental group, is it a group of dentists or are you the main practitioner? Right. Okay. We moved here. The reason was actually back then there was a practice for sale in our hospital. So me and a local partner, a Singaporean, then we joined forces and brought it up and we developed it from uh, a few people until now we have a collection of um, about 12 specialists. All right. And, 12 specialists. And then we have a side arm. The side arm is a a chain practice of general dentists. Um, so altogether, we probably have about 20-something people. I said about because there's, uh, depends on how you count the full-time equivalent or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And are you still uh, practicing dentists or are you more in the management now? I do quite a bit of both. I do okay. quite a bit of both. Uh, yeah. I think that's uh, it's really interesting to be, I guess, on the, the coalface of doing dentistry because it keeps you really current, I guess. You understand what the issues are and have to for a couple of reasons. Number one is personal interest. I mean, I guess all of us would like to know what is going on out there, especially when there's a rather uh, dreadful, well, better dreadful, fearful new disease that exists. Number one, personal interest. Uh, second, because we are really at the forefront of this um, airway disease, all right? Yep. At least this disease is contracted through the airway. Um, and we collectively as an industry and dentistry, we see millions of these patients. I mean, not just our group. I mean, worldwide, we see millions of people uh, and we're dealing with the airway, right? Yeah. Um, so we have that, uh, uh, I would say, even fiduciary duty or public duty to know mm. that as, as good as we can. Yeah. Um, last but not the least, because I, even though I'm mostly in private practice in Singapore, but I'm still uh, a professor, I have a, a whole professorship at the Singapore University and also with the Hong Kong University. So there's part of my teaching duty to be kept updated as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, look, that's probably a nice segue into um, you were in the first round of people to get the vaccine in Singapore just recently. Can you tell us about that 
experience because here in Australia, um, and I guess a lot of other parts of APAC, it hasn't really started to roll out yet. Singapore has a rather interesting strategy uh, since the lockdown last year, uh, because I guess Singapore is one of the earlier countries to have a lockdown, they call it a circuit breaker, uh, but essentially it's a lockdown, reduce all the activities um, in, uh, in society. And then later on, then they found out they have like what, 50,000 cases in a population of 5 million people. Wow. So it's quite, quite, quite a big number, right? Uh, so they've done a lot of testing uh, among the, the population. Not all, okay? At one point, there's even rumors saying that they may test the whole of the population. But that didn't happen because cases were under control uh, uh, soon after. And then the reason, the uh, reason the strategy in Singapore is they try to vaccinate the whole country as far as they can, as far as the people are willing to uh, get vaccinated. So they started rolling out this vaccination approximately a month ago, okay? And up to this point of time, uh, last time I checked was a few days ago, um, we have close to, I think, about quarter million plus uh, people get vaccinated by now. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. So was it, is it just like any other vaccination? It's, it's a couple of needles and a, a certain amount of time apart? Aha. Uh-huh. Um, in Singapore, the Ministry of Health, since the day one, they've been very, very um, on the ball in regarding this disease. For example, say in our practice, in our business, they started releasing guidelines of what to do, what not to do, all those things. So you, we have instructive of how to handle our daily life to start off, at least in my practice, in medical and dental practice. And then in this uh, vaccination, so, so far they said they're looking into, they have looked into three vaccines. One is the Pfizer, one is Moderna, and then the other one is Sinovac. And yep. so far, Pfizer is the first one that's been shipped in and have vaccine, uh, have delivered to, to all the people already. Moderna was uh, accepted approximately two weeks ago, and then the first shipment should be here very, very soon. Sinovac, no, uh, no, uh, no news yet, okay? Um, yes, uh, Pfizer has been the main uh, vaccine people uh, uh, receive. So the first one, you get it approximately two weeks later, you have the second dose. That's the uh, regime. And I had just had the second dose approximately a week ago. Do you, have you noticed any side effects at all? Side effects? Um, well, people always worry about the side effects. Um, there are some minor, minor eggs. I have it over here. Okay, so after the first jab, I have some minor aching over here the day Mm. after, approximately 24 hours after. Uh, Now, because I'm uh, I'm doing what I do for a living, but my, I always half jokingly, I tell people my full-time vocation actually is running. I I do marathon running. Uh, Mm. So I I upkeep my training all the time. So that's an advantage that because I see myself how I perform on a daily basis, I have my data, all those things. So I know how things affect me one way or the other. Uh, What I've noticed is that uh, zero impact on my training, zero impact on my performance running wise. Um, So on a day one, I have some sore arm. Uh, Sore arm, the part of my training is that after I do my training, I will have my chin up as part of the uh, warm down. Yeah. And I found that I do the chin up, the chin down, uh, chin up just like usual during the warm down. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the first round. And then the second round, a lot of my colleagues and other people will say, oh, the second round actually will get you feel worse. Okay. So I was quite prepared for it. And as a matter of fact, I just happened, it's really about running. I had a time trial 
okay, on the day I'm supposed to have the second dose. So I postponed my second dose for one, two days time. Now that's okay, okay, from yeah. the technical point of view, that's okay. So I did my time trial and then a few days later I get my vaccine and I was expecting some downtime. But surprise, I have no problem at all. The uh, soreness, okay, as I told my wife, I said, hey, you know how I feel like? It feels like you punch me, okay? Bruise <laughs> on my arm, that kind of feeling. So it's not too bad. It lasts for about a day and that's it. And I don't feel anything otherwise. Okay. And so the intention now is that now you've had the, the double dose that yes. you you are vaccinated or uh, or is it a, a wait and see? And Basically, it's, a, it's considered done and over with in terms of vaccination. But of course, in an ideal world, you would like to go back to check your blood to see if your antibodies in there. Yeah. But I guess that probably is the additional work in light of time and the resources. I guess that is not going to be done. Yeah. Um, but you probably can assume that you have that antibody development because we know the Pfizer, you have up to a certain level of people who will be effective. Now, mind you know, that means a certain percentage of people may not develop the antibodies mm. through the vaccination. So we can't take it for granted. Still have to uh, wear our masks, you know, wash our hands, you know, like usual. Yeah, you still you st- still take the necessary precautions, but this gives you an extra layer of protection, I guess. Absolutely. Potent- yeah. But it's not only about my personal protection, it's also actually it's more for people around me. For example, if I'm so-called bulletproof already, but I can still touch and carry the virus on my hands or whatever, I go home and hug my loved one, kiss my loved one, touch their food, whatever, I can still pass the disease indirectly to them. Yeah. So, uh, hand washing, mask wearing, these two are the two things in the last one year plus, uh, at least WHO scientifically has been proven is effective as a measure against the, uh, for, against the virus and provide reasonable protection. Fair enough. Now, look, um, I don't know much about the Singapore chapter. Can you tell, tell us like how many members are in Singapore and um, how, many, how many forums would there be in the chapter? Singapore, when I joined, it was about 70 people. By now, it's about 140 plus minus people, okay, because there are people who, who uh, resign as well, right? Of course, uh, yeah. And add on. So about 140. We have approximately 15 forum right now, as far as I, last time I checked, okay? Yeah. So that's how it's just like. We have a lot of girls, a lot of boys, you know, all kinds of people. Yep, cool. And then um, have you been in your forum the whole, the same forum the whole time, or have you moved around a bit? Oh, I'm a naughty boy. I'm one of those <laughs> members. Yeah. I'm one of those members. I don't have a local forum. I was with the local forum. I was okay. with forum seven with the local one. Then I quit, okay, because of some reasons. No, 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 nothing personal. It's just that during that time, my schedule was very, very busy. So I just yep. couldn't do it. Uh, my forum was great, you know, turned out, you know, all, all of them became presidents or something of EO Singapore. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I should have stayed on, I've become presidents. Yeah. No, no, not really. But I'm on the ABF, uh, the Asia Bridge Forum, okay? Okay. I've been with Asia, Asia Bridge for a few years now. And I found it very, very helpful. Uh, yep. The reason is because ABF always happened at different places around Asia Pacific. Yeah. Uh, so I will have a few days. I flew off, okay, get the job done, a few days of uh, sharing, uh, forum, all those things, and then I fly back to Singapore. The biggest advantage is that because everybody knows that I'm not in town, so nobody WhatsApp me, nobody touch me. I can have 100% <laughs> focus on it. The yep. downside is because it's very, very high octane because for the two, three days, you're trying to update uh, one another for like four months worth of, of work, okay? Okay. So 
we we in the forum 2.0 we felt the same way which is like wow after a few days of forum and abf you feel like more tired than going to work right all right but it's yep. lots of fun okay yep. lots of fun yeah yeah and then so how has that been affected then in the last year because obviously have you been doing it on zoom or that would even be more tiring i'd imagine two days of uh zoom catch-ups well, Zoom is a little bit harder to carry out two days of work, okay? Yeah. Uh, but we have one ABF, which is about May last year. They were supposed to be in Hong Kong. So, but because of the COVID-19, couldn't have it physical, okay? But we have it online. Um, for that two-day plus of uh, ABF in Hong Kong, actually, I would say it's very, very successful. Yeah. Um, now, disclaimer, I was born in Hong Kong and grew up there, okay? okay. I live in Singapore. No, I work in Singapore, but I live on Facebook. Right. Okay. okay. All right. But the, the, the ABF in Hong Kong was fantastic because I can catch up with the Hong Kong members, the other ABF members. And I think what people were quite well engaged, you know, during the few days time. And yep. some speakers that speak on uh, various topics. Um, well, like one of the things would be the Hong Kong, uh, the protests, you know, earlier in the last one, two years time and uh, other business topics as well. It's quite actually quite fun. Okay? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I think that's the whole purpose. It's meant to be a little bit fun and learning and yes. connections with lots of different people. So, yes. Then uh, after that, in about near the end of last year, then we have uh, the, uh, the next ABF as well. Um, there was a little bit less engaging because we have it totally on Zoom. Uh, because right. we planned it totally as Zoom meeting to start off. Nothing wrong with the, the, the organizer, but it's just different format. Yeah. So, um, but I guess we still have very meaningful sharing. Yeah. One more thing is that because of Zoom, then now we are liberal, uh, a little bit more liberal. So from time to time, we'll just WhatsApp each other and they say, hey, you know, why don't we get together and then just chat? So yeah, we will yeah, have yeah. like two, three hours of chat and they will hang up and uh, it's okay. There's, there's quite still maintain the spirit of the forum. So just going back to Specialist Dental Group, what are your plans for the future? Like, have you got have you got a vision of where you want to take it? Do you have an exit strategy? What's your What are your plans? Okay. Um, what's the plan? Okay. In this COVID-19, I'm sure everybody, lots of people are doing some soul searching. Okay. Mm. We are in Singapore. Again, it's only a population of 5 million people. Uh, this is, uh, I would say, level three. Okay. Our our patients, about 50% of them actually are overseas patients. So oh, okay. local business, but international clientele, and they come to us, okay? So that's how it goes. Why they come to us? Because licensing is an issue, equipment is another issue. We cannot just pack a bag and go somewhere and practice, right? So that's been our, uh, our business model. But because of the COVID-19, then we have less international patients. But you know what? The blessing in the disguise is that we have more of the local patients because local people also cannot go elsewhere. Ah, uh, true. All right. Yeah. It didn't really make up the revenue. Okay, we are still down by a little bit, but I would say, well, count your blessing. Okay, so it's not too bad. The second part of it is that because we have the local general dentist chain, okay, the local general dentist chain surprise during the last one year or so, actually their pace pick up. Okay. Okay, it pick up. So my partner, my local partner, remember, so he's the guy, he has a lot more talent than me. So he's the guy who would take care of those, the uh, the, the, the general practice the chains. And um, he's doing a fantastic job. So over that part, we are actually building a new office right now. 
Um, so, so is that like a, in Australia we have a thing called Medicare, not not for dentistry, but for uh, general medical, I guess, advice going to see a doctor? Is that you get some kind of rebate from the Singapore government when you see a patient? Is that what you mean, or uh, dentistry in general? There's not much a rebate from the government. Okay, but we do have Medicare. Medicare, uh, yeah. Medicare. So, um, say I can see my uh, dentist, and then some of the treatments may be uh, payable through my Medicare account. Okay? Gotcha. So that's the structure. Um, that basically is is the structure. Um, so, but otherwise, most are still fee for service. That's our business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and earlier you asked exit strategy. Uh, no, uh, there's no exit strategy. Okay, you're just uh, happy have, happy to keep going. And the reason is this: I have an unfair advantage or disadvantage <laughs> because I tell you why. Because my father, okay, uh, he 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 was involved with multiple little little partnerships throughout his life. Okay. okay, so my father basically he he just go from small partnership here and there here and there and here and there, and he never taught me what's an exit strategy. So I'm I'm ill equipped <laughs> with that. But I guess the advantage is that um, we try to hold it like as if we are going to hold it forever. Yep. That is one thing that I found different because uh, about two, three months ago, I found this um, article. I can't remember the source already. They're talking about this tiny business in Japan. And you know how long has been running? It's for 1,020 years. Oh my gosh. Right. What did yeah. they sell? It's these little rice cakes, sweet rice cakes. Okay. Now, 1,020 years is a damn long time. You go through <laughs> wars, different kings, different dynasty, famines, you know, whatever, right? You can think of, right? Plague, you know, all those things. Now, how, they, how do they do it? At the end of the article, they said this. They don't think about it as a revenue generator. They don't even think about it as a profit generator. They think about it as if it is a baton that passes from one to the other. Hmm. Now, they don't even talk about from generation to generation, which implies it's the same family, right? So they're talking about just passing from one layer to another layer. So I don't know exactly what is that business about that may be ran by various people, various families through the 1,000 years. But when I read that, it got me thinking, because if you do it that way, then you would behave very differently. Yeah. Very differently. Because the, um, say... Uh, trying to uh, expand your market share yeah. for a certain period of time is not as important or increase your revenue or profitability, whatever, become become a different kind of uh, 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 issue. Um, so I think I, I learned quite a bit from that one thing. And maybe that's why my father never taught me exit strategy, even though he was in very, very different business compared to what I'm doing right now. Well, I think with a long-term strategy, you can kind of relax into your business a little bit more, can't you? You can make different decisions you're not in so much in a hurry and i guess you you stop and smell the roses along the way instead of trying to get to a destination maybe you you are, you are then right in that sense because um remember there was a 1200 i mean 1020 years business um what they're selling just rice cake right now honest no disrespect selling rice cake or making rice cake doesn't need to have to be an astrophysicist you yeah. don't need to be a, a, a genius doing that, but you need to be very good at the, doing the little damn boring thing 
day in, day out, year in, year out, century in, century out. <laughs> that becomes hard, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't take a lot of talent in that sense. So um, it, it does take discipline, though. Absolutely. And well, I guess a lot of our Japanese members will agree with you. You know, Japanese members, they are known for that discipline, discipline, discipline. If there are yeah. two ways to do the same thing, there's a hard way, there's an easy way, they do the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> and do it many, many times until they are damn good at it. That's what Japanese is about. And so you were saying that your daughter is now 17. Is she looking at following her father into dentistry? Hey, I have two daughters. Two daughters, there you go. I have a 17 and a 16. Okay. okay? Now, my 17, she is starting to prepare for a university entry exam early yep. last year. Okay. Okay. And then we, we sent her to this boarding school in the UK. And then because of COVID-19, she got sent back. So when she sent back, she said, Dad, I did a test. So I said, what test? She, I mean, she we did so many tests in school, right? What's the big deal, right? Yeah. She said, oh, this test is called Morris B. What? Morris what? Morris B. Okay. Okay. What is it about? Oh, it's some sort of test, you know, test you about mathematics, your reasoning, this and that. I said, then how's your grade? All right. Grade is important, right? She mm -hmm. said, oh, it wasn't about grade. She just told, they, they just told me, what should I do? So. I see. Uh -huh. I see. Okay. First thing. I said, so what's the first thing that you're supposed to do? She said, well, they said my first thing to do is dentistry. <laughs> there you go. You didn't rig it or anything. And then I said, what's the second one? Okay, they must have made a mistake, right? Second one, uh, to be a surgeon, you know, the medical type. I said, what's the third one? There must be another better one, right? No, as a medical doctor, a general practitioner. Oh, I said, wow. Oh, wow. Then I said, then what? Then she said, well, sort of confirm what I feel, you know, all a long time. And now I know I'm supposed to do that. I said, okay, okay. That is your wish now. Yeah. yeah, you have to keep your grade up so that maybe your wish becomes a reality. Otherwise, it's just a wishful thinking. So that is what is happening. Now, my yeah. number two, I can't tell you yet. She has to make up her mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing with children, isn't it? I've got three sons and, oh. and I, it's a fine line between, you know, as a father, it would be great for them to come into business with me at some point, but I don't want to push that either. It would be nice for it just to happen organically and naturally. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. However, as I mentioned before, my father, what did he, I mean, what did he do to me? For example, he never say, son, you need to be so and so, so and so. He never said that. As a matter of fact, he told me this. He said, look, you know what's popular? Now, of course, as kids, we know what's popular, right? Then after I list out that, I was very young. I was about 14 years old. Then, then he said, you know what? Forget about that. Don't do that. I said, why? They are popular, you know, they, they, they will be good. He said, look, by the time you're ready, there's nothing left for you. Yeah. Do something is uncool, some well, dentistry, right? Do something uncool, nobody wants you to do. That's what he told me. Now, it's not exactly about what I've done, but I guess what he was trying to tell me or taught me are these little, little principles. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't recount all of them. I'm a lousy learner. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> but a lot of these things was injected into me. It was like many times, it was only after that I thought, right, the old man have said that before. Yep. I don't know about you growing up, you know, we always try to outdo our father, right? Right? I want to prove you wrong. But you know what? Damn, he was damn right. Yep. And even though I try to not emulate him, but at the end, damn, 
I'm just well, like him. <laughs> that, that's definitely been my observation as well, that, you know, you repeat what your parents do, but you put a twist on it and you do it in your own way. That's, that's been my experience anyway. So it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting over time, you know, that you do, as you say, you end up, you do end up, you know, you're the seat of your parents. So often you will become like them in some way. So, uh, so for the, for the good stuff is because of them. The lousy stuff is because of me. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> How old are your kids, by the way? Uh, my kids are 14, 10, and 7. Okay, 14 is within the radar screen. Give me the name and the number and send me some pictures. <laughs> I'll keep him on the log. You know, I've been collecting names like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, look, it's been very interesting speaking to you, Dr. Cheng. Um, if people want to find... If people want to find out a little bit more about the Specialist Dental Group, could you give us your website address, please? Well, very simple, www.specialistdentalgroup.com. Okay. Oh, another way, actually, is just don't call me Dr. Cheng. I'm Ansgar Cheng. You write down my name, Ansgar, then you will find Cheng. Then you will see it. Just okay. like that. Okay. That's brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time and today. Thank you, Brendan. Okay. Really nice chatting with you. I'm sure one day we will cross paths. <laughs> but you have my number so call me that, that's oh, right next next when we can start traveling again exactly i'm sure we will okay you are based in sydney right based in sydney yeah i do have some good boyfriends you know in sydney i mean friends <laughs> who are boys okay? yeah, yeah, yeah i get it yeah okay take care my friend okay see you you've been listening to an apac eo production I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.